Well, that's that's good that I that I at least passed this as I am covered in the flaky ashes of this cameraman's remains. And I feel like that's an issue that needs to be addressed here today. I've never wanted to have sex with a pot pie, but like I'd have sex with that pot pie. We're all weak to stepping on nails. Let me preface this by saying I wrote a script. Daytona Beach is like two mild inconveniences for being a post-apocalyptic wasteland anyway. So many of my tabs say semen. Are you guys ready for this weird horny adventure that we're all about to go on? You can't handcuff me for skanking. This motherfucker gaslights you. Diet Coke and Sorrow will be chapter four. And against all odds, Kyle, we became those squirrely weirdos. This whole podcast is a very negative mouthfeel. Hello and welcome to Debate This, the show where no one is right, but someone is definitely wrong. In this show, we take time out of our busy adult lives to talk about comic books, video games, and how a game about catching strawberries with googly eyes alongside a bunch of off-brand Muppets (laughs) is secretly one of the darkest and most poignant commentaries about humanity's need to feel whole and the cognitive dissonance that comes with the knowledge that we will all die alone and will eventually be completely forgotten. The theme song is catchy, too. Is this a Bug Snacks thing? Is that 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 the appeal of Bug Snacks? It's it's like a Paddington thing where, like, the Paddington movie is actually the (laughs) secret, like, genius work of art. (laughs) That is exactly... What a good comparison. On the surface, it's just a bunch of silly Muppets catching, catching Pokemon... But holy shit, there is like some real dark stuff going on. Like not like dark horror or even like dark like fucked up. Just like one of the characters. So you do like a side quest with all the characters. And the characters are all like very lovable. Like very like two, like not not one dimensional Muppets. And uh, one of them, he's like a, he's like a pacifist. And he wants to he wants to have a ranch of all the bug snacks. He doesn't want to eat the bug snacks, right? And, like, you, when you end their quest, they, all the quests end, like, a super downer because that's how life is, right? <laughs> like, you don't tie up life in a loose end, right? Um, so uh, you, you do something where, like, his final quest is, like, get me the biggest bug snacks you can because I think the bigger that the bug snacks are, the smarter that they are and, the like, the more trainable that they'll be. And, of course, that doesn't work out. And then he just kind of, like, the bug snacks runs away and he just kind of looks dejected and he's like, well, I guess it's kind of like family Everything abandons you eventually. <laughs> oh no! Jesus, what? bug snacks. <laughs> and then it's just like <laughs> mission complete. When did we? When did this become a bug snacks podcast? I would love this to be a bug snacks podcast, Matt. That's okay. Yeah, <laughs> I watched too much History Channel competition shows this week for this to be a bug snacks podcast. Now, fair enough. You and me fair both, enough. Kyle. Well, maybe we'll do a flavor text. Anyway, so so that's a great segue that Kyle just said. So for those of you at home keeping up with the DT exclamation deplore trademark, uh, <laughs> sometime along the route of the pandemic, we started a public relations firm. Don't apparently. like pandemic. Don't like no, pandemic at all. It's good. I you like it. Sometime during the panini press. <laughs> <laughs> during the, at the latter half of the personal pan pizza we started a public relations firm somehow and we were able to make a killing off of it since everybody thought that we were selling them advertising yeah <laughs> now with that yeah. extra capital with that extra capital we decided to ex- expand the business venture into a slightly different direction so we bought a state-of-the-art blacksmithing forge of course logical i know what you, i know what you're thinking how will this make money well, that's where today's roundup of wep- weaponsmiths come into play. We're going to sell recreations of popular video game weapons to collectors and enthusiasts at conventions. When those are a thing again. Oh, Andrew, you sweet summer child. <laughs> what a niche podcast we're about to do, you guys. I just want to stop here before we step off into this journey to acknowledge the fact that the sentence... We're going to sell recreations of video game <laughs> weapons yep. at conventions to collectors and enthusiasts. Just was the pitch for our podcast, our audio yeah. podcast. Um, yep. Yeah. Okay. So the the real pitch for this was me uh, about like two in the morning a couple months ago after on a marathon binge of Forge and Fire uh, <laughs> <laughs> on Netflix, me saying, I want to do a Forge and Fire episode, send. And that was the amount of detail that I gave. 
shirtless and sweaty on the couch. <laughs> well, it's funny. It's funny that you say that shirtless and sweaty on the couch. Andrew, you take the same approach that I do when it comes to a Waluigi episode. <laughs> oh, yeah. But I, the difference between you and me is I took the initiative. I mean, I forced you all to play on my playground not too long ago. So. <laughs> all right. All right. We got to get into this. Uh, we're on a time limit. OK, so pretend that you hear uh, some very vague ish metal music. <laughs> Weaponsmiths, welcome to the forge. <laughs> so stupid. You're here to engage in three rounds of timed edge making. Andrew, when did you change into a flannel? You just had a t-shirt on. <laughs> You're here to engage in three rounds of timed edge weapon making competitions specifically designed to test every aspect of your blacksmithing capabilities in front of a panel of one judge. That's me. And basically thousands <laughs> of experts and enthusiasts out there alike. Let's meet today's contestants. First up, we have Todd, guy who just quit his job as a computer programmer last month after selling out of Ninja Stars for the first time at his local <laughs> Ren Fair, Thomas. Rolls off the tongue, yeah. that one. <laughs> uh, second, we have Matt, former libertarian who lives off the grid and has one credit card he uses to get a tent set up at Burning Man every year, Cole. I, that's the inevitable end for me, I know. <laughs> and fi- finally, we have industry veteran Kyle, yo- local yokel that reminds everyone of their dad's old drinking buddy who has somehow been melding steel for 40 plus years, and it's a miracle that he hasn't died yet, Harper. I, go ahead, Todd. You go, Kyle. Okay, so <laughs> I was going to say, you say, you go. So I finished I finished the one episode I watched of this show. Yeah, retweet that. 15 minutes before we... Uh, started recording and and um local yokel that reminds everyone of their dad's old drinking buddy but has somehow been melting steel for 40 (laughs) plus years and it's a miracle he hasn't died yet cut his fingers off it like (laughs) mid-competition yeah (laughs) and he kept going he kept going he's like i'm good i'm finishing the round (laughs) matt can i get verbal attestation that those are in fact the three archetypes of forged and fire please Uh uh-huh yep yeah well the only thing i so first the only thing i want to say is i feel like that was really unfair to people that go to burning man every year like i feel like they (laughs) lost out in that description um because they're kind folk mostly oh yeah and two kyle uh, which episode did you watch? Because I also finished an episode 15 minutes before we recorded today. I watched the one where they had to, um, they got like solid steel toys and had to turn them into swords. And then they had to make a, a short sword at the end. Um, and and there was a guy outside of the the three archetypes on there, which was like... Military guy? Clearly closeted gay guy. Yeah. Uh, who mm. who's just really just really into swords and yeah. and that's the guy who won um he made the best sword yeah there's there's definitely um bible belt knife fetish is <laughs> yeah another <laughs> archetype for this yeah. show <laughs> um that's that's like an album title <laughs> uh, that's so good anyway i uh i watched the episode where they took pieces of a pinball machine to make a a barbarian sword. Ooh, I thought about that one. Yeah, That's it cool. was, I mean, it, it was fun. Let me quick for our audience, because probably no one has watched as much Forged and Fire as either Matt or me. Um, <laughs> true. So the deal with Forged and Fire, it is like a lot of the reality shows now. It is a, it is that great British break off, bake off style of reality show where you have a bunch of art artisans that do a thing. I'll do to do a thing together at the same time under a time limit. The specific spin or the formula for Forged and Fire is they they all come in and they have to make the same weapon and they're given these like weirdo materials. So I I use Great British Bake Off, but it's probably more like um, the cooking one. Yeah, uh, like chopped. Chopped. Yeah, it's more like chopped mm-hmm. in that that's sing- it's singular episodes, not like an entire season. So they get like a weird ingredient that they all have to meld down and that's what their sword is. And then they all get like the the first kind of first pass and it's like the rough cut of the of the material and it's usually like a sword or a knife or whatever and then uh they go the second round they have to uh, finesse it and then they have to put it through they'll put it through a series of tests which we'll which we'll get into and then the the final the tests are very (laughs) good the super scientific tests right exactly oh my god i'm gonna take your thing and hit it real hard with another thing yep (laughs) yeah they it's like they saw mythbusters and they're like nah too much science yep Something, something, catchphrase, something, something, credits. That it is. I assume they just have a closet full of ballistic bodies with human organs. <laughs> and pig carcasses. Ready to wheel out for that third I bit. am convinced the Discovery Network bought, yeah. like, a million dollars worth of ballistics gel back in 2008 yeah. for Mythbusters. And they're still just, like, 
we got to get rid of this. No one <laughs> wants it. These, we, we have all this ballistics gel. We can't sell it. <laughs> the horniness in the eyes of those people in round three as they watch their sword cut through ballistic gel, <laughs> like, was too much. Yeah. So that so the last the last round is uh, they're down they go they start with four and then they get down to two for the last round. The last round is the the bladesmiths go back to their own shop, which I always think is interesting because then you can see their different their or their home operation, which mm-hmm. is always wildly different. And uh, then they go and they they make a different. This is the history part. This is why it's on History Channel. Is <laughs> they recreate some sort of historical he puts in air quotes uh, type of replica. Usually it's like this sword from fucking Neon Genesis Evangelion. But you know what I mean? There's <laughs> there's something going on there. So getting into character. Weaponsmiths, we want to see your inspiration at work. For this first round, each of you will describe in detail what weapon you are creating today. Tell us where it's from and how it's used in the source material. Remember, you'll have an undetermined amount of time to finish your work, but through crafty editing tricks, we'll make it seem like it's way less than it actually is, and one of you will be made to look like an absolute fool after we cut it together a series of two-second clips of you talking to yourself out of context. Todd, let's start with you. This is the stupidest thing we've done. <laughs> I'm so excited. Oh, it isn't. Okay. No, <laughs> no, it's absolutely not. This is definitely for Andrew. <laughs> And, and not for us. Okay. Okay. Also, also getting into character. Well, hey, uh, hey, judges. I uh, I'm here today because my son, or I mean, my, my stepson, Michael, uh, <laughs> is a big fan of master crafted weaponry. So I uh, today I'm crafting something called a uh, a chaos blade or a blade of chaotix. I I can't remember. It's not important. So it's important for you to know my my favorite game growing up was God of War on the old PlayStation and uh. I'm hoping that if I can make a dang blade of chaos, I can get my son, stepson, stepson, to play uh, to play that new God of War game and uh, maybe learn a new appreciation for the bond forged between a father and his son. So, uh, so anyway, uh, the dang chaos blades—they were the two big old daggers that Kratos, uh, you know, he had bonded to his arms with chains by Ares as the God of War, you know, and he ultimately used them to kill any and every god known to man. You name it, he probably killed it. Uh, there are. They are literally forged in literal fire in the darkest depths of the underworld by Ares themselves. They even were used to kill Kratos' family not once but twice. <laughs> so, uh, so hopefully, making a true-to-form replica is the kind of thing my boomer son will think is rad. My zoomer son. <laughs> Damn it! I gotta get that car. <laughs> it auto-corrected oh. boomer to zoomer. Start uh, over. Let me, get that, let me get that last stick. Yeah. Um, Hopefully making a true-to-form replica is the kind of thing my Zoomer son will think is rad, you know? <laughs> right, judges? Right, no notes. <laughs> Everyone at home, Todd grew a push-broom mustache <laughs> and is wearing all khaki, just head-to-toe khaki now after uh, after uh, explaining what he was doing today. <laughs> so I have a question, um, and an actual legitimate question. Is God of War, like the first God of War game, old enough that a guy who played God of War growing up could have a stepson who would be into weapon making. Real question, because I'm... Oh, five. So, no. I mean... So, um, so someone who played... Would have been some, a teenager. Someone, I mean, they'd be someone, our age. Yeah, say someone played yeah, so. God of War at 13, it, or 15, which I would have been. It yeah. would be 30 now. So they could have a son into watching Forged in Fire with them, at least. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I yeah, I, I didn't I, I did not listeners, I did not do the math prior to this recording, but I feel that it kind of works. Works enough. Let me say this without without being too discreet. Somebody our age, yes. Somebody our age could certainly have a teenage son. The math works. Let out. me let me also put it this way. There I definitely saw posts when God of War four came out. That people were like, I have a son now and played the original God of War and this one yeah. made me cry like a, like a baby. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, it's intentional. It was okay. aimed at that audience for sure. All right, I've never played God of War, so n- none of this means anything to me. But Me neither. Sure. Um, OK, I think you might like God of War, Matt. I'm going to go out on a limb and say I that. don't know what Matt likes. I, I will never know. <laughs> I don't like anything. I'm, I yeah. am eternal hatred. Nothing brings me joy. Anyway, second question. So, like, these are just knives, right? Like, there's nothing special about these. They're just cool knives. 
Well, yeah, I mean, they're just they're just dang old big knives. Okay, these big old knives. They 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 strap to your wrist with uh, with chains. They're they're fueled by hatred. Um, contestant, question for you. You you actually can. two You're questions. The only judge in the room. Um, while the heavy, if you you might not hear me with that heavy metal music playing, but um, the chains, the aforementioned chains that go around your arm now. Will you be crafting those in the forge today? I, I did not bring any chains with me. These are mm-hmm. replicas, right? I don't think I need the chains. Uh, and will you be forging the chains onto your own wrists? Or is that what we do? That, so canonically, and I push my, my glasses up um, and my character actually does that. Uh, the chains, <laughs> the change came, the chains came to existence once, uh, once Kratos agreed to be the servant to the god of war and kill all the gods so unless i'm making a pact with uh, with literal Ares himself today i don't i don't think i'm gonna need any chains that's certainly a dramatic interpretation all right next contestant well whale judges <laughs> um. did you put an eye in judges <laughs> whale judges whale judges judges of whales i'll be crafting the the dagger of time today um I'll be utilizing an ancient Persian technique. Um, I'll be literally forging the sands of time into a long knife. Um, I'm gonna put a an hourglass emblem there in the hip, in the pommel. <laughs> and I'm hoping I'll make something fit for, fit for a prince today. The sa- the dagger of time is from the Prince of Persia series. Um, it allows the the player to control time either by rewinding a little bit and getting to try a challenge again uh, or or slowing things down so they have the extra time to think through the puzzle they're solving (laughs) and i hope to be able to use both those techniques today to help help me forge my way to victory okay two things (laughs) one the idea that your dad's barfly buddy is explaining (laughs) the intricacies of time travel is phenomenal um also second question for you contestant are you implying that you are putting the concept of time inside of a sword pommel yes i am (laughs) okay excellent so we had this conversation in our discord and i went back and checked and we have talked about the dagger of time (laughs) once before and when we did talk about the dagger of time there was mention of a time monster <laughs> that like basically comes to kill you as soon as you use the dagger of time. And so I am curious for you, contestant Kyle, when you forge this new sword, is it <laughs> is it actually gonna work? Like is it gonna bring a time monster? In in my I would also be interested to know if there's gonna be a dang time monster in the studio <laughs> today. Thank you. In my experience, um I have not used the time properties of the da- the dagger of time enough to summon a time monster, um, but I am prepared for that challenge should a time monster appear in the forge today. <laughs> Love that confidence. <laughs> if you happen to to meet a dang time monster and slay it, can I can I have a picture next to it? I think my my stepson Michael would appreciate that sort of thing. Absolutely, He's a big fan friend. of time monsters, <laughs> time monsters and forged weapons. Absolutely, friend. My son, my, my oh, stepson, Michael, is the kind of kid that has a lot of swords on his wall. <laughs> All right. We've we've had enough camera time with these two yokels. Let's see final our final contestant for the evening. Judge, why would you want a sword that's just a sword that straps to your wrists or, you know, just a, a time sword that you can't even use the time properties of when you could have a sentient hate sword containing an evil soul with an animate eyeball inlay. A bit of a misplaced modifier there. Let me clarify that the sword has an animate eyeball inlay, not the evil soul that the sword contains. Well, today I will be forging a replica of the Soul Edge from the Soul Calibur series of games. And I'm going to take a minute to step away from the bit and inform you that the lore of the Soul series is oh, it's, it's absolutely amazing. batshit insane. Yeah. Yep. My God. Insane. 
Like, have you played any of the games, Matt? Three, the one for GameCube, and that was it. Okay. And I was like, Me "Wow, too. this is this same, is a really yeah. cool yeah. game. I would love to play it more." And then I never double same one. And I yeah. and I only got it because Link was a playable character in it. Also, same yeah. triple quadruple seamsies. I yeah. played a little bit of six, and it's it's. I mean, they're good games. They're really good fighting games. I'm just not a big fighting game guy. Yeah, and like yeah. that's it. It's just a fighting game, and it's got like yeah. I think there's a manga. Like there's some supplemental material, but it should not have the amount of lore. That it say that it has anyway. Okay, That's so back silly. to the bit. Um, Soul Edge is actually the main antagonist of the Souls games. It contains an evil entity known as Inferno that causes a curse called Malfestation in whoever touches his because the sword does use he him pronouns hilt, <laughs> which drains the wielder of their life force, drives them insane, causes them to lust for blood and demands they reap the soul of anyone they defeat in battle. Uh, hold on. I first, I, I appreciate you properly gendering your sword. Um, <laughs> good, good forward thinking there, but you're tell you're to tell me you're worried about me summoning time monsters when you've got the literal literal embodiment of hate in called inferno in your sword. It sounds a bit sketch to me. Now, I understand you've never used the time properties of your sword, and I I want to say I've never actually made a soul edge before, but because this is forged in the fire, you know I've got to try. The sword from the game has a hardened steel edge with flesh on its spine. Since I'm limited on time today, I'm going to mimic this by layering human skin with spring from the axle of the golf cart we have to use today to create a 128-layer <laughs> Damascus billet. It is important to note that the, that the original soul edge... Oh, man. It is important to note that the original Soul Edge began as a normal two-handed sword, but developed a malevolent will after being bathed in blood and hatred and death. <laughs> so clearly, like every Forged in the Fire competitor knows, the oh, quench shit. is going to be the most important part of this forge. I've never quenched in blood before, so hopefully it doesn't pick up a warp. <laughs> Those are words that I recognize from my one Bravo match of that was really good. Yeah. Watch the, the show. That was really show. good. I would like to make it very clear that I know way more about Forged in the Fire than I do about Soul Calibur. I just need to put that out there. Yeah. Um, listeners, just know that Damascus Steel is the only type of steel that you can use to forge. <laughs> That's yeah. it. That's the only option. If you don't make a 128-layer folded Damascus billet, or yeah. what the fuck are you even doing? Yeah. Or put ball <laughs> bearings in a steel here? canister <laughs> yeah. and do a canister billet. You're you don't belong on Forge in the Fire. You certainly don't. All right, so let's pretend in this weird headspace that all of you guys were work working while we were talk we were talking to you. Weaponsmith, stop what you're doing. The first round of competition is over. Now, by this point, we have depleted our resources of royalty-free heavy metal backing tracks and have to recharge the batteries in the high-speed cameras. So in order to properly judge the quality of your weapons, we're going to subject each of you to a strength test to evaluate the strength, durability, and overall construction of your weapons. Following the strength test is the keel test, where we bring in we bring in edged weapon specialist Doug Marqueta to stab a pig carcass a bunch of times to apparently illustrate how useful your weapon is in combat. Todd, as the least tenured and probably most entitled contestant here, we'll start with yeah. you. Tell us how your weapon will pass the strength and keel tests. <laughs> well, uh, wouldn't you know it in the process of making this here replica of a single blade of chaos, I seem to have made a ding-dang second one. <laughs> I, was, uh, ooh, I was hoping me and my son, but, but, I mean, my stepson, Michael, um, could each have one as kind of a special, you know, kind of father-son father thing. But wouldn't you know it, I accidentally read the inscription on the infernal metal I crafted these blades out of, and now there's chains that have appeared out of the handles, and they, uh, well, they seem to have seared themselves into my ding-dang forearms. Uh, anywho, uh, about these, these, these blades, uh, these, he, these babies, they can cut through pig carcasses like a flaming hot hell knife through some pig carcasses. That's how, that's how they cut. And here, here's the thing. As they cut through flesh and blood, they, uh, they, they seem to grow stronger. And move faster somehow as they absorb the blood of their enemies that they kill, uh, or, or or keel. Is that what we said? Keel. That's the word. Mm -hmm. That's the word we're using. 
the well anyway the keel test well yeah I found myself kind of in that target room, just recklessly swinging them around in a big old circle <laughs> further and faster until till some numbers flashed in front of me that said 300 combo. And then uh, then I slammed them down in front of me real, real hard and fast. And hey, so a cameraman was standing too close in that dramatic shot. And I think you should know. That. <laughs> um, I, I held this man as his body disintegrated into ash before me, Judge. Uh, he he had a picture of children on his phone screen, and his partner has called him three times since this test happened in the other room. Is there someone I can talk to about this? I uh, I'm I'm concerned. I killed. I committed a murder, a pig murder, and then a man murder. We did see all of that happen. We actually got it on tape, and the authorities have been called, and, and you will be <laughs> escorted out of the building shortly. Uh, fortunately for your case, uh, edged weapon specialist Doug Marqueda did look over the body and then he turned to the camera and said it will kill <laughs> well that's that's good that i that i at least passed this as i am covered in the flaky ashes of this cameraman's remains and i feel like that's an issue that needs to be addressed here today uh yeah we'll, we'll deal with that later how about uh contestant number two kyle um yeah judge i'm i'm not too worried about the strength and keel test today because i think uh i think today's just my day I was real worried about forging under a time limit, but um, as the blade began to take shape and I started working with it, everything around me just started to really slow down. And uh, I seemed to be working a lot faster than my two opponents today. And I felt like I just had a lot of time to really, really work on the blade. Um, and at one point I even made a huge mistake. Um, but when I went, went back to the forge to fix it, it had undone. And I just got a chance to do it right the first time again. Um, and I think this this confidence and ability to fix my mistakes uh, seemingly before I even make them and and slow things down and think through, um, I think my my sword will just breeze through those strength and keel tests, and uh, I might even get a, a chance to to do them a second or third time and really get them right. So I think I'm in good shape today. Uh, it feels as though you might be using that uh, the ding dang power of time that uh, that contestant three warned you might summon a. A darn time monster. Should we be concerned about that? Why don't you worry more about cutting up the crew here and uh, and committing murders than me summoning time monsters? How about that? I am, in fact, very concerned about this, <laughs> and I want you to know I'm genuinely concerned. Fortunately for you, contestant number two, uh, edge weapon specialist Doug Marqueda, did grab the sands of time, and he looked at the camera, and then somehow we the footage got all messed up, and we heard, Yik, yik, yik. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow oh what have we done <laughs> go ahead matt <laughs> um obviously the soul edge will pass the strength test as it is the ultimate weapon of the soul series i was able to pull off an edge quench by actually slicing my heart with the hot steel <laughs> so the spine of the knife is nice and soft to allow for those pounding chops as for the keel test, it is no question that, oh God, this bit. It is no question that the soul edge will devour that pig carcass. In fact, the soul edge is actually notorious for sucking the life force of whatever it touches. So we'll be making bacon out of that pig in no time. It's an offensive two-handed weapon, so I know Doug Marcato will have that weird little twinkle in his eye when the fake History Channel blood sprays across his face. The real question here is if edged weapon specialist Doug Marcato will be able to control the evil spirit of Inferno that courses through my blade as it consumes his darkest wills. Also, I ran out of time to pin that animate eyeball <laughs> into my tang. I just epoxied it in there, so I hope it doesn't pop out. How much life force are you uh, hoping to extract from a pig carcass? I think uh, I think there is no life force left in a carcass. I don't I don't determine the life force. The sword determines the life force. Mm. The the sword is the the driving force of this meat mech. Oh, <laughs> um, did you say? Did, did, first off, did you just say meat mech? Uh, listen, I, I didn't sure think did. that sentence. Through. Just walk away from it. And uh, this is out. This is the the character out of out of the bit. Did you describe a part of the sword as the tang? Did you say tang? Yeah. Yeah. Tang. Did they not say tang ten times while you watch? It's the like the aren't the guard, right? Well, the the tang is the piece of your blade that you put a handle onto. God damn, I've watched too much of this stupid yeah. show. I should know as much about knife making as I do. It's 
It's the piece of steel you leave below your, like, hilt to stick your handle onto. Also a delicious orange Kool-Aid drink. Whatever. Yeah, that's what, yeah. Um, let, me, let me just close this out real quick. Uh, yeah, so... Unfortunately, edge weapon specialist Doug Marcato was concerned about the soul-stealing properties. Uh, he he grabbed the sword, and as he felt his soul being devoured by an f- unfathomless evil, he looked at me and he said, It will seal. <laughs> God damn it. Good. <laughs> All right, well, now that we've made the jump to Discovery Plus, Good. Our, our audience base has grown significantly from just your girlfriend's dad. Now, as such, we've had to change up the FIF formula a little bit. The big wigs at D plus two have informed us that while three contestants may enter the forge, only one may leave. So with that said, today's final competition will be a no holds barred fight to the death against each other armed only with the weapon you just built. I'm going to need each of you to explain in excruciating detail why you are best positioned to murder the other two in cold blood while edge weapon specialist Doug Marcada and I drive off in his Toyota Camry. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, here, here's the thing, Judge and Mr. Marcada. I see you're speeding away. You probably can't hear me anymore, but I'm still talking to the remaining camera that's set up here. <laughs> here. Here's the thing. I have now tasted blood. I have had a thirst for it. Uh, And I I thought I should tell you that uh, here following that last challenge, I have surrendered my being to the God of War as a servant for some ding dang God level destruction. That cameraman's ashes that now cover my skin are a reminder of the scorched earth. I will leave my ding dang wake. (laughs) I'm going into this next arena ready to bathe the walls of this recording studio with the blood of those who dare stand against me. With a series of long-range strikes, acrobatic leaps, flame-enhanced slams, and wouldn't you know it, some graphic quick-time event-enhanced cinematics. I'm going to end the lives and claim the souls of those other amateur forgers. In effect, taking their weapons as my own in my quest to strike down the literal gods themselves. Well, the Soul Edge will do nothing to stop my dang fury as I strike from a distance until we enter into what is an elaborate two-minute cinematic that involves me liberating <laughs> that, that there epoxied eye from the hilt of that darn sword. <laughs> and, well... The dagger of time. These blades have actually killed the god of time, Kronos. He's dead. <laughs> killed him. The dagger of time, that's just going to allow me to commit some darn murders over and over and over again, leaving my own blades and, honestly, hopefully my, my stepson Michael ultimately satisfied in what I've done here today. Just multiple times with darn murderous end results. I've tasted blood. <laughs> <laughs> you guys know that uh, that Ned Flanders theme metal band, Oakley Doakley? That was yeah. the, that was the energy of Todd's answer in that oh, question. Yep. I, I was looking to bring some big Ned, <laughs> Ned Flanders uh, energy today. Yeah, Ned Ned Flanders saying "I tasted blood" <laughs> is an incredible quote. Well, well, you, you see here, Matt, it's an unquenchable thirst that I that, that drives my soul being in desire. Wouldn't you know it? I take that silence as my my knives have killed you. You're now dead, <laughs> Kyle. Um. Well, well, Andrew, like I said, um, I feel like I'm just moving way faster than these other two. Again, like you got them big high-speed cameras on them, but not on me. Well, once again, it seems like I've achieved this zen-like state where I feel like I just got two or three chances to do things if they don't go right the first time. Um, so even with all the, the crazy fire and chains and animate eyes in the mother swords, I do feel like I can't out-combat them with my with my uh my cool focus and my time tricks so uh i'm not too worried about the combat can you elaborate on those time tricks please (laughs) (laughs) um yeah um like i said i i can slow down when i'm wielding the dagger of time i can slow down time and just just sidestep their swipes and duck under their jabs and just just cut them to bits while they're moving real slow and uh, if they do get the jump on me, I'll just just turn back the sands of time a bit and and take another crack at that that approach and, <laughs> and get it right that time. Hey, contestant two, while we're locked in Mortal Kombat, I just gotta ask you: um, as you run out of charges on the sands of time, what happens? Do you just have more more sands of time to draw from? Or? They'll they'll replenish eventually. I gotta I gotta monitor the them recharge. You got all the time in the world. <laughs> you got a, you got a fanny pack on your side with some extra sands of time you brought with you. Sure do. Pocket sands of time. Always yes. carry my pocket sand of time with me. <laughs> Go ahead, Matt. 
Uh, yeah, well, it's pretty obvious that the Soul Edge will easily be able to defeat these other two losers. The Soul Edge siphons the life force of whoever it touches, and that makes it a purely offensive weapon because it is also siphoning my life force. And while the <laughs> monster energy drinks that I crushed before I came on Forged in the Fire today did give me some extra life force, my time is limited. So I'm basically just going to go in there and swing wildly, but if I cut one of them once, I tend to have about 10 extra attack power when I've got this sword equipped, and also as soon as I slap and they're gonna start losing life force. So one good hit from the soul edge, and it's all over for these two. <laughs> awesome. Good. Uh, all right. Well, we will get into our super secret bonus question. So as we've discussed here and debate this before, Forged and Fire did have a spinoff for two years, hosted by none other than <laughs> WWE's Goldberg, which was called Knife or Death, <laughs> highlighting the wonder and God. majesty that is Blade Sports. Uh, for those of you listening, if you are interested in Blade Sports, check out our episode entitled Let the Kabaddies Hit the Floor. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, contestants, tell me, what is the competitive D-tier sport that we're going to spin off of your weapon? And who is your celebrity host? We will come back with a super secret bonus right after this break. Okay, listen, you know as well as we do, one day Nintendo is going to come knocking and tell us to stop using the Wii Shop music or they're going to sue the underwear off us. So instead of that, today I'm going to read you terrible gaming jokes I found on the internet for the next 60 seconds. I have not pre-read any of these. Let's see how it goes. What game do you play after eating Taco Bell? Fortnite. I asked my dad why a grown man would play Pokemon Go. He said, why not? How do you cure hunger in Minecraft? Three square meals. What does Sonic use to knock on a door? Knuckles. How do you get a Bulbasaur on a bus? You poke him out. What did Princess Zelda eat for breakfast? A sausage link. <laughs> Damn it. PS4 got injured and Xbox One is calling the ambulance. Wee you, wee you, wee you, wee you. Jesus, 60 seconds is a long time. Why is a Jedi Knight never lonely? Because the Force is always with him. Why shouldn't you ask Yoda for money? Because he's always a little short. Why did Mario cross the road? Because he couldn't find the warp zone. What did Super Nintendo say to Sega Genesis? You know, everyone always tells me that I'm a bit better than you. Why did Sony hire Justin Timberlake to fix the PlayStation Network? Because they were hoping he could bring more than sexy back. Okay, I'm done. I'm never doing that again. All right, welcome back, contestants. Before we left the break, we introduced the super secret bonus question, which is, give me that competitive deer tier sport, deer tier, deer tier sport, mm, deer D tier sport, uh, a la knife or death, uh, that we're going to spin off of your weapon specifically, and then also give me the celebrity host that's going to lead it. We'll start with you, Todd. Yeah, so uh, so I've I've got got a pretty strong history ahead of me with the the blades of chaos since they are permanently forged to my arms. Um, and I'm really looking forward to uh, the show that will ultimately come from this experience. And that show is titled Parents Impressing Their Children with Hellblades. And um, it's a show. Uh, it's a show about parents. The, the contestants are parents and they come onto the show and they they try to impress their children by making weapons that, uh, that you know, require them to condemn their souls to do so. Um, <laughs> Uh, the, the host of this show will be Will Smith, um, who, as our listeners all know, long ago gave his soul over to the eldritch evils that lurk in the shadows. And the end of every episode uh, ends with him standing with the contestant who has surrendered their soul to an evil to create a weapon and presenting that weapon to his son, Jaden Smith, who is never impressed. <laughs> wow. How incredibly appropriate. Qu question. Um Yes, you, you, you with the 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 lurking lurking time monster behind you. Um, que <laughs> qu question for you: um, is, is will Will Smith be rapping the theme song to this show? Well, wouldn't you know it? It's funny you mentioned that. That was actually part of the agreement with the Eldritch Horror: is he will forever have to rap every theme <laughs> of every show he's ever part of ever again. Thank you. No further questions. It's truly a punishment to us all. <laughs> Fantastic stuff. Uh, Kyle, what about you? Uh, well, well, Andrew, I'm glad you asked. Um, my my spinoff show will be a series of timed knife challenges. 
um, you know, chopping things who can chop things the quickest, who can throw as many knives as fast as they can, etc., etc. Um, we will be calling that show a a time to kill, and <laughs> it will be hosted by a none other than Back to the Future's Michael J. Fox. <laughs> All right, very good, uh, Matt. Yes, Judge, we would like to pitch for you a show that we will use the soul edge for every competitor, which we'll call Soul Bowl, where they will stand (laughs) at the end of a lane and we'll line some people up at the end of the lane and they're just going to swing that sword and they're going to shoot some hate down that lane and and it's going to be Soul Bowl. And it's going to be hosted by none other than former PBA bowler Pete Weber. Pete Weber, who you may remember from back in 2012 when he uttered the line, who do you think you are? I am. I am. Who do you think yeah. you are? I am. Who wow. just retired from professional bowling this month. What, so. what a fucking reference. What What a reference, Matt. Um, oh, question. God. Is uh, the question hey, how uh, I got there? Because I started at Soul Bowl. We know, we know, we know how you got there. I won't even, I won't even do this in character. Question: What will you do when Soul Bowl is already a trademark, a trademarked Creole uh, spinoff of like BB Bop? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's probably been a college football playoff game at least once in the last twenty years. So, <laughs> um, follow up question: Who are you getting to kill? As the the bull, human bowling pins each episode are these volunteers? Are these are these people on death row? What what's the? To where be you determined, Kyle. <laughs> to be determined, <laughs> Kyle. He's pitching the show. You don't have to have all the details figured out when you pitch the. It's actually more ballistic dummies. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, the the screams have been heard. The authorities have been called. The murders have been done. And edge weapon specialist Doug Marcada and I have almost reached the border. Let's finish off today's festivities with closing statements. Judge and 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 Mr. Marcada, <laughs> uh, there are a few rules of gods and making long knives. Whereas I have killed a cameraman and some pig carcasses <laughs> and the other contestants in this in this head cannon. These blades of chaos have murdered Hephaestus, the god of forging weapons. I stand before you. Holding these dignang weapons bound by gosh darn hands, and my being being the literal god of war, because I myself have killed the god of war, and the god of time, and the literal god of forging weapons. I stand before you as a god, not a man. <laughs> also, I forever have these blades in my hands. It's like it's like playing Edward Forty Hands, but they're murderous blades. They're stuck until I die. I like how you referenced the the drinking game based on Edward Scissorhands, <laughs> which would have been such a <laughs> better comparison. Oh my god! It's a perfect you. comparison. Oh, it was an interesting awesome. choice, Todd. <laughs> Man, if only I had a good way to really, to, really told to on yourself the there. <laughs> what a great look into who we all are as people. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I would have, I would have done it again. That's fine. Not staying in, Kyle. <laughs> Um, I I believe I won. I deserve to win today. Um, I finished. I finished the ta- the challenge. I, m- I made my knife before anyone else did. I, I I hope you saw that. I made my knife faster than anyone else. We we noticed um, you made it before the competition started, which was which was <laughs> peculiar. <laughs> and besides that, it you know I, I cut them pig carcasses real good, and I and it held its edge, and and. And I just did everything faster than the other two. I really think uh, that's why I deserve the win today. I don't have I don't have chains embedded in my arms or or the hateful soul of a of an evil fire demon embodying me either. Um, when this is all said and done, I still I managed to retain my humanity, which is more than I can say for my two uh, opponents today. Um, my I have my hand raised. Uh, Please yes. go ahead. I feel I feel as though you're overlooking the the thing about the time monster that will come and take your soul eventually when you stop moving. Is that not somehow also bad? Eventually. But we're not there. It's not a now. That's a later. Yeah. Do you see a time monster here now? (laughs) Do you see a time monster here? Is the time monster in the room with us, Kyle? (laughs) That concludes my my statement. (laughs) 
<laughs> Fantastic. Well, Judge, we know that you have loved the Soul Edge so much that we have already made our travel plans to come back next season and forge the twin blade of the Soul Edge, the eponymous, that's the word I was looking for, the eponymous Soul Caliber in your special Forged in the Fire Season 7 Second Lances, where you'll give us all second chances. (laughs) (laughs) That's so much oh better God, than, the, than the show you came up with the first time. <laughs> I don't often come up with the phrase and then work backwards, and I think I need to. Yeah, I feel you like, need to. I feel That's like the way it's to a do better it. way That's to live. how comedy's written, man. <laughs> All right. Good vibes. Go. Yeah, this was really cool. I, I, I watched this episode, like I said, 15 minutes before we recorded. Um, and I thought, and this is stupid and fun, and I really, really enjoyed this. So, listeners, we had a, a fairly decent discussion over who was taking what because I was so late to the to the jump. But I was really excited to see you two choose what what you chose. Um, the the dagger of time, the time dagger, <laughs> awesome, so good. So yeah. some some like some garage knife crafting man <laughs> referring to it as a long blade <laughs> and, and harnessing the sands of time is excellent, and I loved everything about that. Um, I'm glad, Matt, that you also took some of the energy that I decided to go with as well as an eldritch ancient evil that drains the life of those who wield it. And Soul Calibur is a ride. Oh, my so, God. Mm-hmm. Insane. I've, <laughs> yeah. I've never looked at Soul Calibur lore before like three days ago. And I, mm-hmm. I, you know, had one of those like, oh, well, I'll get really into the lore. I'll make a bunch of references. Mm-hmm. It'll be great. I got two pages into the wiki and abandon ship immediately. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm pretty sure that comes from like the original soul caliber came out when anime was just like every, everything was mm-hmm. just at a hundred already. Mm-hmm. It was a yeah. Dreamcast yep. game. So it's 2001. Yeah. And then every yeah. sequel had to up the ante from Get the wilder. hundred it started at. And it just got crazier and mm-hmm. crazier. Yeah, I um, I honestly, before I looked to see what you two chose, um, I almost took Ivy's Whip Sword because it's so cool. And That's then good. I saw you took that, and I was like, okay, we'll stay away from Soul Caliber. But those are both very, very good choices. Um, yeah, Todd, I very much i i lingered on the the Chaos Blades for a little bit before I settled mm-hmm. on the Time Knife. It's very good, very iconic weapons as well. And um, yeah, Matt, just the Soul Caliber. Or the Soul Edge, you know, except for one or two other swords, like is the video game sword. So uh, good, good pick and and good characters today, gentlemen. Yeah, uh, my goodest vibe goes to all of us for committing to the bit for this whole episode, because it's <laughs> yes. it sure is fun when we do these and we don't <laughs> do these all the time. But <laughs> man, do I enjoy it when we do it. So just I had no intentions of like doing a voice bit today. And if I had not been the third person, I wouldn't have gone that direction. So <laughs> good, good for you, Todd, for setting us on that journey and Kyle for keeping it going. That's important. Yeah, the I like sat down to prep for this episode and realized that I just don't know any video game swords. I was like, <laughs> okay, what games do I have that yeah. have swords? None. Uh, the Master Sword was a quick, easy right. answer, and yeah. no one yeah. wanted to do Master I, Sword. I, that's, I was thinking about it, too, and I don't think there are really a lot that aren't not like JRPGs. Yep. Or, yeah. or from WoW. Uh, WoW yeah. has a mm-hmm. has a deep yeah. cache of swords to pull from, but yeah, only only Andrew among us has really fault dove into yeah. the wow. If you do a search Barely. for like famous video game swords, like I'm sure we all did at some point in time in the past 48 mm-hmm. hours, you do see a lot of the same like five or six on every single list. Yeah, yeah, and and three of them are from Final Fantasy, and yeah, yeah. again, not our not our wheelhouse. Who doesn't want to use Squall's gunblade? Yeah, that's. I mean, that's yeah. the answer that I would have come with. So the mm-hmm. the yeah. keyblade was the other one. Um, the e- <laughs> another easy answer that none of us touched yeah. today. Yeah, the three low hanging fruit that I avoided was the master sword, the keyblade, mm-hmm. and the beam sword from Halo. Those yeah. those were the three that I was like, yeah, yeah it's, I think we can go. We can do better. We can go deeper. <laughs> I didn't want to. I didn't want to try to explain how I made a sword out of energy. 
in a forge about making like, <laughs> yeah. steel weapons. Todd, don't lie. It's because we bullied you that you were going to pick it in the yeah, build up we did, to this yeah. episode. Yeah, listeners, I was bullied in the past 48 hours. I'm going to tell you out of character, these were all excellent choices when you get, and I was very much excited about all of these, and, and this was a hard decision to make, but I'll, I'll give it to you in character. <clears throat> All right, Bladesmiths. Well, Edge Weapon Specialist Doug Marcada and I have been come back to the Forge because apparently we're still in a pandemic and we can't cross the border. So uh, <laughs> here's what we found when we got back. Unfortunately, there was a lot of murdering that happened here. There was only uh, we only saw one live person still in the Forge. Uh, this particular person was covered in blood and was just chanting, uh, chanting about the blood of their victims uh, unfortunately we have called the authorities on todd who has murdered <laughs> the other two in what only could be described as a herculean fury uh, well well hey there can you can you take a picture of me real quick and send it to my to my, <laughs> my stepson michael i think he'd appreciate this <laughs> Uh, sure. We will send Michael your mugshot. Um, Ky I would like special mention Kyle. Uh, we did find Kyle later, but unfortunately Kyle was caught in a time paradox where he will be making the sword two weeks ago and also <laughs> had made the sword next year. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of a pickle I got myself in. <laughs> a ding dang time paradox. Uh, ding dang time paradox. Uh finally, uh Matt also was in the room. He was just uh an eyeball. His entire soul had been devoured <laughs> and was just this eyeball that was still kind of epoxied uh <laughs> to to a, a a piece of Damascus steel. So that's going to do it for us tonight. Thanks for listening in to Debate This. You all can follow along with the arguments on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at DebateThisCast or on our website at DebateThisCast.com. Hey, hey, do you like Marvel? Have you heard Disney and Marvel are doing this thing where they're releasing short-form TV series weekly, basically until the inevitable heat death of the universe? Well, you should consider checking out our sister show, The Ploose is Loose. It's a weekly recap of the latest MCU show, being featured on Disney Plus, the original D Plus. And right now, <laughs> Todd is leading us through a breakdown of the very expertly paced Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which is, of course, Marvel's very own Fast and the Furious esque serial. Uh, until next time, my name is Andrew Henderson. I'm Todd, a 10 minute quick time event of Doug Marcada murdering pig carcasses, Thomas. I'm Kyle, a ding dang time paradox, Harper. <laughs> And I'm Matt, vomit on his sweater already, mom's pandemic, Cole. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and we're saying thanks for debating with us. And if you think we're wrong, you can come fight us behind the swing sets, nerds. I'm not sad I introduced you to pandemic. <laughs>